0: Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome to all our listeners in the human race, who all have innate dignity and worth. None of you are vermin, you know, like sewer rats or the woodchuck that once burrowed under my front steps. Of course, we're talking about... The latest outrage from Donald Trump. On Monday's PBS NewsHour, the freakout was on. Anchor Amna Navaz intoned, Former President Donald Trump attacked his political opponents in a speech over the weekend that historians say echoed authoritarian leaders. New York University historian Ruth Ben-Ghiat joins me now to discuss. Yeah, you notice they always do this, where they're like, historians say. Well, who are the historians? They're our historians. Yes, Ruth Ben-Ghiat. I call a Ruth bullshiot, because every time Ruth comes on, Trump and his supporters are all authoritarians. They're Hitler and the Hitlerites. People on the left say Trump has an authoritarian playbook, but the playbook here is obvious. Let's book the new RBG to trash the GOP. And the segment ended like this. Amna Navaz says, Ruth, very briefly if you can, we know we have heard from Mr. Trump's defenders in the past that you should not take what he says literally, that he often speaks off the cuff. What do you make of that? Ruth Ben-Ghiat says, in all cases of history that I have studied in my book Strong Men... 1595 in paperback People did not take the various Hitlers and Mussolini seriously until it was too late Yes, uh, Ruth thinks Trump is both Hitler and Mussolini She's a, a specialist in Italian history Now let's just listen to the actual passage in Trump's speech So we can sort of hear it for ourselves We will root out The communists, Marxists, fascists, and the radical left thugs that live like vermin within the confines of our country that lie and steal and cheat on elections and will do anything possible, they'll do anything, whether legally or illegally, to destroy America and to destroy the American dream. Now, as an analyst, I noted, hey, the libs here are saying Trump called his political opponents Vermin. Omna um, Navaz did that. CNN put it in their Chiron with Chiron Boy. Trump calls political opponents vermin. But if you listen to this, he named the communists, Marxists, fascists, and the radical left thugs. Now, are these people trying to tell us something about themselves by reading themselves into this litany of radicals? They probably identified themselves when he was kvetching about people stealing elections. But they overreact and they overinterpret. Personally, my first reaction was a cringe. I would not use the V word. Oh, no, no. My father, Mr. James Alfred Graham, had a saying as he dished out the spam and beans at the dinner table. He said, God don't make no junk. He wasn't an illiterate man. He was doing that to be humorous. Anyway, one of my personal Twitter rules is I never retweet anyone who calls someone else a POS or terms of that nature. We are called to pray for our enemies. And at the top of our list of our enemies should be the people who commit the most heinous acts. We would want to save the roughest terms for terrorists like Hamas on October seven, or murderous dictators like Hitler or Stalin or Saddam Hussein, it reminds me of uh, <laughs> when I was living in d c in the in the late eighties, and one of my friends said uh, the guy in the seven eleven said Saddam Hussein's an evil man, he has AIDS <laughs> or how about?" Evil dictators like Xi Jinping, our so-called pro-democracy media, call that guy Chinese President Xi Jinping, Like, like they have a democracy that's meaningful in that communist regime. Yeah, somehow Xi Jingle Pingle has more Democrat cred than Trump, the way they report these things. Biden, of course, treats him as just another head of state. They really have more outrage for Trump than they do for Chinese dictators. They are rougher with Trump than they are with Chinese dictators. Axios reported, President Biden on Tuesday condemned former President Trump's use of the term vermin to describe his political opponents and compared the language to the kind used in Nazi Germany. Our Mark Finkelstein reported for us that Joe Scarborough said, Oh! We're just going full-on Hitler talking about vermin. And uh, it's so interesting, I don't know who his spokesperson is, but you know, one of these fat, white, pink boys that likes to talk tough. What is that? Fat, white, pink boys? I mean, I guess I might fit that. (laughs) Sometimes I'm white, sometimes I'm pink. It depends on how hot it is. But, you know, obviously if Donald Trump said of his opponents, you know, That fat black chick, we know where that would go. We know how Joe Scarborough would treat it. Now, uh, let me play backbencher and repeat what Mark Levin said on his show on Tuesday night as he went after Scarborough repeatedly for this full-on Hitler talk. He was reading a list from the American Spectator from a Rabbi Dove Fisher. It's a long list of all the things Trump did for the Jews and for Israel. Levin said Trump's the best friend Israel's ever had in the White House, but somehow Scarborough calls him Hitler. Now what's funny about all of this is we saw that Rachel Maddow attended the self-adoration chapel called the Stephen Colbert Late Show Bubble. Yes, there she was honored and adored as one of the great historical scholars of our times for she has a new book out on fascism in the 30s. And if you're a comic book figure like Mr. Colbert, you imagine that the average American conservative has fascist tendencies because we are all intellectually lazy people. Let's unspool the nonsense. My question to you is from what you've learned about studying fascist movements and fascist movements in America is given that fascism is essentially an attractively lazy political tool. Why do you think it has so many people on the right in America right now interested in it? Well, I think that he is... Inviting us to call him a fascist and he's doing these things so that I mean, so I just he, played into his hand, is what you're saying? Well, I am too. I mean, the thing you can't ignore it, right? You don't have a choice. He is yanking our chain. He does want to be talked about in these terms. But it's also, it's important that you pointed out that he, in that speech, also called his critics fascists. He wants fascists just to become a random political epithet, just an insult that everybody uses that means nothing. In the same way that he took fake fake news was a thing, but then he decided all news is fake news. And now fake news is just this term that means nothing. Well, because there can be no uh, authority other than the authoritarian. And so no one can label him with anything, including something as accurate as fascist. So that all meaning has to be undermined. That's what George Orwell talks about. There there can be no meaning to anything other than what the state says the meaning is. That's exactly right. So he's sapping those words of their meaning. So we can't criticize him by calling him a fascist because he says everything's fascist. I don't love this lazy Colbert imagining we're all fascist curious. But I do love this moth-to-a-flame business where Maddow's like, He's yanking our chain, but we can't help but be manipulated. He says words that shock us and sound like Hitler to us, so we cannot help but overreact and say ludicrous things. And then that gets all the right-wingers to say we like Trump. Yeah. He upsets all the right people with his words. Alex Christie and I were laughing about how Matta was upset he was stealing the term fascist. He's defining fascism down. He's destroying it like the term fake news. You can't say I'm a fascist, you're a fascist. They (laughs) They get all upset. We want to call you a fascist and make it stick. It doesn't matter if it'll pass a fact check. Look, we've all observed Donald Trump long enough on the political stage to know what he's doing here. And we know and they know that they're falling for it with all of their fainting couch overreactions. This somehow becomes a big news story. They don't focus on any policies of Trump's unless they're claiming it's, oh no, Here comes the revenge of orange man bad. They just like to pounce on the lingo he's laying down. They're just entranced with what outrages them. It's like he's the Pied Piper. And you're the suckers who are easily led. None of these snippets of liberal fulmination would be captured without the support of great Americans from coast to coast and maybe a few luau libertarians who support the Media Research Center. Because of you, MRC carries in its inventory an abundance of truth. It's how we destroy the media's fictional storytelling and deliver the facts about the disastrous policies and anti-American ideology harming this nation. So go on your internet to mrc.org slash donate. Throw us a nickel or two. Speaking of the inventory of our minds, marshaled against the left, I recalled the Washington Times reporting in the 90s, oh, well, I found it, May 28, 1998. They reported Julian Bond, civil rights activist. In an apparent reference to the Reagan administration, Mr. Bond said this claptrap at the National Press Club. For much of the 1980s, America was presided over by an amiable ideologue whose sole intent was removing government from every aspect of our lives. He bought to power a band of financial and ideological profiteers who descended on the nation's capital like a crazed swarm of right-wing locusts, bent on destroying the rules and the laws that protect our people from poisoned air and water and from greed but nowhere was there assault on the rule of law so great, as in their attempt to subvert, ignore, defy, and destroy the laws that require an America which is bias-free. Credit goes to our video with Bill D'Agostino. When he was told about this, he said, wow, Tim, good pull, where'd you get it? Oh, it just rolls around in my cabeza. And <laughs> My boy Ben knows how to joke about this. You can't remember where you just put your phone, but you can remember what the NAACP honcho said 25 years ago. But Bill located the clip for me. Thank you. He was amazed and amused. In that inimitable way of his, he goes, Oh, we're just a cloud of detestable pests who only destroy. (laughs) Locusts could be wiped out as a species and only the entomologists would be disappointed. Oh, but we weren't normal locusts. We were the crazed right-wing locusts. We're just the worst kind of insects. But remember, our media elite heard this in real time and sort of reacted like, well said, Mr. Bond. Fair statement, Mr. Bond. This was only a news story to the Washington Times and, and the Media Research Center. They treat him as, oh, Civil rights leader Julian Bond, head of the NAACP, this wasn't the only time he did this, this is sort of what he did. In February of 1999, Julian Bond, charged Republican congressional leaders have, quote, become the running dogs of the wacky radical right and are contributing to a situation where white supremacy is everywhere in America. Zero fear of fact-checkers. So either we're locusts or running dogs. Or we're susceptible to dog whistles. Every time you hear them talk about dog whistles, you just say, I can't believe you're dehumanizing us. You must be authoritarians. So digging through some old material, uh, I located a 2004 interview on Anderson Cooper 360 when the Democrats were trying to trash President George W. Bush for somehow not agreeing to speak to the NAACP convention. They did this a lot. They did this to Bob Dole in 1996. Oh, he won't speak to the NAACP. These Republicans instead go give a speech to the Christian coalition. Well, hey, dummy, this is their base. You go to Republican audiences to find your supporters. You don't go to the NAACP. To find your voters that's the democrats that's the democrat base if you don't think the naacp is part of the democrat base you're lost in the 60s or 70s because you know ever since like clarence thomas you know ever since the mid-90s the naacp has become more and more leftist more and more part of the democrat base you know it's not Benjamin Hooks, in 1991, when he was leading the NAACP, was actually puzzled as to whether to back Thomas or not. They ended up not, but they actually puzzled over it. So we were shocked, shocked to discover Anderson Cooper threw this locust thing at Julian Malveaux. Now, if you don't remember Julian Malveaux, She's the crazy woman who said she hoped Ginny Thomas fed Clarence Thomas lots of eggs and butter so he could die young. That didn't turn out. Justice Thomas came to an event of ours and made the crowd just scream and yell, saying, the doctor says my cardiac health is excellent. (laughs) Let's troll Julian Malvo. Naturally, this nasty woman was going to find all the locust talk Perfectly acceptable. We couldn't dig up the video in part because we're moving and all of our tapes and DVDs are in a crate somewhere. Anyway, Anderson Cooper. I want to read to you a few comments made by the NAACP leadership in reference to President Bush. This, by the way, the organization says they are nonpartisan and yet they refer to Bush and the Republican Party as, quote, a crazed swarm of right-wing locusts as neo-fascists and quote they draw their most rabid supporters from the Taliban wing of American politics why should President Bush speak to them if this is the way they feel that does not sound like the CNN we know that is a question from the right that is not generally what we see so Julian Malvo here comes the lame answers First of all, the NAACP is our nation's oldest and largest civil rights organization founded in 1909. The National Rifle Association is America's oldest civil rights organization founded before the NAACP. Anyway, she goes on. It represents nearly a million African American people. Its 64 member board includes some Republicans. Certainly, and I can acknowledge that Democrats are in the majority. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe in 2004 there was one or two. Maybe. Cooper comes back, but it doesn't sound very nonpartisan to be calling, you know, President Bush a crazed swarm of right-wing locusts and neo-fascists. Yay. Yay to Cooper, number two. Malvo, yes, but Anderson, this is a response to a number of policies and things that people disagree with. (laughs) But here's the point. This president said he's going to reach out to everyone. He says he wants African American votes. I understand his antipathy, but I think he's missing a golden opportunity. Oh yes, it's always a golden opportunity. Like every Republican should go kiss the ring of Al Sharpton. I'm sure that'll turn out well. My, my, my. But they, they do this sort of thing and they do this where they're trying to say, the NAACP represents all blacks, which isn't true. They just can't acknowledge that you can be a black or a Latino or a female and be a Republican. That's just, oh my gosh. Now the other point on the crazed right-wing locust point is, we all know, anybody on Twitter, that they like to refer to uh, Trump supporters as maggots. And that is M-A-G-A small t-s. Isn't that clever? It's a very common term. Let's, let's give you a couple of examples. Quick Twitter search. These are new tweets. Red Dawn is the new fear-mongering trend brought to you by the A-hole maggots, Elon Musk, Creepy Joe Rogan, Rapey Russell Brand, and of course, Marilardo, a.k.a. Donald J. Trump. Yes, Red Dawn is the thing where they showed this picture of uh, She Jingle Pingle arriving in San Francisco and all the flags are from red China. There's not an American flag. People are like, it looks like red dawn people, and that was t- trending on Twitter. So this guy had to get in. It's the new fear-mongering trend. Speaking of maggots, this is another one. These are I'm reading from accounts with more followers than me. This one, Trump Jim jones a lot of foolish maggots during the outbreak by telling them that Lysol could be consumed to kill the virus. Many of them were stupid enough to try it. That's not exactly what Trump said. He had some goofier remarks about bleach. <laughs> uh, then there's this one. Do you despise maggots like I do? In many ways, I loathe them more than this cockroach. Yes, picture of Trump. They are his foot soldiers of stupid. So yes, both sides do it. And they would say, hey, blue check radicals on Twitter X are not the former president of the United States. You know, they always drag this out. You can never compare Trump to somebody who isn't a president. You can't even compare Trump to, say, the Senate majority leader. You know, that's still somehow an inadequate comparison. Now, when they say maggots, they're obviously referring to the the Trump superfans, the guys in the red hats who supposedly attacked Jussie Smollett. But hey, not every fan is a superfan. Not every Trump voter loves every word Trump says. But this rhetoric on the left from Ruth ben Giat, etc., tends to include the 74 million Americans who selected Trump over Biden. They chose one over the other and somehow according to Stephen Colbert they're all budding fascists. But this is the Democrat electoral pitch. Vote for us not the authoritarians. Vote for them and it's the last vote you'll ever cast. They think that kind of talk helped them in the 2022 midterms and And maybe it did. I think their constant banging on the January 6th drum probably helped them. I mean, it was their main messaging. It was the news media's incessant talk, just like they're going to hope that Trump trials on television are going to send the same messages. But this should be recognized for what it is. This is partisan messaging. The media elite today wants to give you two fruity scoops of partisan messaging, and call it news. Well, we won't call it news. We'll just call it out. Because that's what we do at Newsbusters. Come read us once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for listening.